0: I'm Caleb Zakarin, assistant editor of the New Books Network, and you're listening to New Books in Eastern European Studies. Today I'm speaking with Mohamed Kocek about his new book, Turkey-Russia Relations in the 21st Century. In this book, Mohamed examines the foreign policy shifts that have taken place in the last 20 years, providing vital background on a topic that is extremely relevant in today's geopolitical environment. Mohamed, thank you for joining me today on the New Books Network. Thanks for having me. Of course, uh, you know, this was a a book on a topic that, you know, I confess I I didn't know a ton about, but, uh, you know, while reading it, found myself extremely fascinated. Uh, And I feel like, uh, you know, listeners will uh, definitely get a lot from from this conversation today uh, and get some perspective on uh, on Russia and on Turkey that they might not have had before. Uh, So before jumping into the book, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Well, uh, well, before I do that, I need to tell you that well, I'm a huge fan of New Books Network. I think you guys are doing a tremendous job of introducing the books. And I think it's a tremendous service. I mean, without New Books Network, I wouldn't really be able to, you know, follow all these like new books coming out because, like, you know, you can't just um, check the websites of all the university book presses, but, you know, there are like um, many actually like more than Three, four, five. Yeah, uh, many channels that I've been following, and yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan. So, okay, my name is Mohamed Kochak. I'm uh, I'm actually from Turkey. Uh, I was born and raised uh, there. Um, I did my bachelor's degree, and then I moved to the United States. I did. Um, I spent a couple of. Um, I spent some time in Russia too, but uh, yeah, my educational background was um, Turkey and. The United States. I graduated from Florida International University uh, in Miami. Um, I speak um, some Russian, some Spanish. Some yeah, my 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 uh, mother tongue is I mean obviously Turkish. Um, and yeah, uh, my background. Well, um, I mean I was actually trained as a historian when I was doing my masters. Uh, my Supervisor was historian, so he basically led me to um, led me to look at every little detail that 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 is going on uh, before the time period. Even though I was doing IR international relations, but then uh, for my PhD, I did international relations like a solid one with with, with theories and everything, so I could mix between, um, I, I could make a mix between 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 uh, history and international relations. So, in my training, I was able to use IR theories um, or the or the insight that 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 one can gain from IR theories. But uh, by doing that, I also I think um, I did an okay job um, in not missing the historical relevance of uh what is going on so yeah um doing d- d- during my phd studies um there was the talks about turkey becoming closer to russia and everyone has an opinion about it and the most most prevalent and most popular opinion was um and actually i need to call it like a most uneducated opinion was about okay, Erdogan, he's a tough guy, and there is Putin over there. He's also a tough guy. These two guys, they are illiberal guys, so so, so they are getting along. So I had a problem with that. I think the reality wasn't that simple. So, So that's how I actually started working on it. I mean, it was my main job, main aim to basically show the reality was actually way more complex way more complex than uh than the agency of just two persons so that's how i got here to writing this book
0: i, I definitely want to pick up on on that point a little bit uh, yeah, sure. later on because i think it's a it's really it, you know it's it's an interesting point and, uh, yes, yeah, so that is definitely my <laughs> that's definitely my understanding. Uh, <laughs> when I was reading the news, you know, over the past couple of years, uh, and I would you know read any stories related to, to Turkey, and obviously we'll, we'll talk about the coup attempt. Uh, but you know, uh, you, you told us a little bit about your, your background and I uh, and your interest in history and internet your sort of approach to history and international relations. Um, I guess I'm wondering more particularly, you know, why why you chose to write. This book, um, you know, what was it exactly about this particular topic, relations between Turkey and Russia, that you found interesting? Was it either, you know, a gap in, gap in the literature or some other reason that you thought that this held some key to answering uh, bigger questions?
1: Well, believe it or not, I mean, many people are talking about, especially in these days, about Turkey-Russia's relations. And there is not a one single book that actually is about turkey russia relations it's actually mostly about either uh, turkish foreign policy or the us foreign policy towards the region but like in and of itself i think this topic was important and i didn't see any book uh, that was written on this particular topic there was like actually a couple of books about uh, turkish soviet relations or relations between these two countries in Particular eras, for example uh, a, um, a Professor that I work with um, Wrote about Turkey Russia, Turkey Soviet relations in 1930s, I mean there are like books that are about like certain periods, but No book, I mean, maybe a couple of ones, but um, you know There is not a book that uh, could sufficiently answer to this question like what are the main causes that um, impact Turkey-Russian relations today? So that was the reason why I wrote this book. Um,
0: the first chapter, uh, you talk about the historical background and, and you start uh, very early on uh, the looking at the relationships, even the foundings, uh, and looking at the relationship between the Ottoman Turks and the uh, Russian Empire. I was wondering if you could just Talk a little bit about that. Um, it's not co- that consequential, I think, or maybe it is. Um, but uh, to, to the uh, rest of the discussion. But I think it, it is interesting that you. It really is
1: very that. consequential and it is very interesting. But before that, I think I need to talk about talk a little bit about my method or my understanding of um, of yeah. the of 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 how I understand Turkey Russia relations. Well, I actually use a method over there. I mean, when you say, for example, um, okay, Turkey-Russia relations, these two countries are getting along because Erdogan and Putin, you actually have a theory in mind. You basically argue that, well, that's that's what we call individual level of analysis, right? Uh, leaders determine foreign policies and they, they their decisions are consequential. Well, the the... The theory, if you will, or hypothesis, or you know whatever you call it, uh, in my head was a little bit more complex. When I approach to Turkey Turkish Russian Russia relations, I basically imagine two entities, two composite entities, basically two entities that are that are that are composite, which means like within them there are like competing. Sub entities, like, for example, um, Putin, Erdogan. Well, I mean, whatever, what, However, you may see it, they are also being challenged at home, abroad. So when they when they when they, when they decide on something, they need to take into consideration certain dom- dom- domestic factors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That is the first thing. And also, these two countries, they are not like billard posts Like they interact within a system. Right. Um, So, so regional parameters, global parameters, these two, like regional, global, other countries, other um, like what is going on around them um, also matter too. So, these stuff also should be taken into consideration. Right. Also, um, I didn't limit my analysis into. One particular dimension, which is, for example, I mean, some people basically focus on economic structures. Some people focus on strategic uh, structures, for example, which country is more powerful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I try to include economic, cultural, and strategic dimensions, and I think all of them were pretty relevant. So, and also, as you said, like historical background, because the historical background is very important um in understanding the composite structures of these states right because when they say something the leaders when they decide on something they actually uh act within a within within a certain parameters that that are that are that that are not that are not like newly emerged right they are steeped in history so that also um, was important. So, okay, actually, there were, like, two main reasons why I included th- this chapter to my book. First was that, well, as I said, certain events, certain um, parameters that were relevant yesterday are still relevant today. Geography, for example. Well, the Russian, the Russian Federation today um, is dominating the Black Sea region, right? But they need the they, they need to pass through pass through the Turkish Straits to get to the Mediterranean Sea. This is right now. Uh, this is the situation. But it was also the case during the Soviet times. Um, and secondly, um, well, when we discuss certain historical events, well, we realize that history actually repeats itself. So. Certain reflexes of states, for example, Turkey's um, repeated attempts to 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 try and find a balancer against uh, against against what it feels like a Russian threat um, has been a has been a pretty recurring um, occurrence, if you will, if you will. So these were the these were the two reasons I included this chap this historical chapter, and I also wanted to show people. I mean, not everyone is uh, knowledgeable knowledgeable about uh, Turkey and Russia, their histories. I mean, to me, um, Turkish history. I mean, where Turks came from, Ottoman. I mean, basic knowledge about Ottoman history or basic knowledge about Russian history is you know something I know and something maybe most people who Um, came to read this book. No, but also, you know, there are some people who wants to know about it. I mean, there are some people who um, think they they are interesting, right? I mean, not not every people took some classes on Russian or Turkish history or Turkish foreign policy or Russian foreign policy. So I wanted to also, um, you know, kind of give some background information about what these countries are all about, right? I mean, I'm writing about these countries, but I also need to show, you know, um, who they are, basically.
0: But before moving into discussing 21st century relations, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the 20th century and what the relationship between Turkey and the Soviet Union was like.
1: Sure. Um, Well, actually, I think we need to, I mean, I like to start um prior to the to the to the 19th century during the seven during the 18th century or 17th century 16th century the Ottoman Empire was actually powerful enough to resist Russia uh, the Ottoman Empire could balance uh the Russian expansion however um Russia's exp- expansion uh, that that that's when when, when when Russian expansion came to the came to kind of swallow the Ottoman lands in 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 the wider Black Sea region which is the which is for example the Crimea um, t- Russia also uh, supported the, re- the the nationalist rebellions in in the Balkan uh, in in several Balkan nations and Russia actually caused I mean it, you you can tell Russia actually caused the collapse of the Ottoman Empire but um in sometimes in mid 19th century or or early 19th century the Ottoman Empire realized that it could use uh, the balance of power in Europe or it could count on or it could use France and and, and British Empire in its attempts to, um, to, to, to to balance the russian threat. So I think when Turkey joined NATO in 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 1952, it was also the same um, same reflex. So I want to I want to actually I wanted to actually um, begin the discussion from from the, from the 19th century. And I actually divided this historical background chapter into two. The relations between two empires, and then the 20th century. These two eras were different on some level because um, first you had the empires, and then and then second you had the you had two secular states. Um, but, the, but the but the but the structure of the relations were actually uh, pretty much the same. Uh-huh. During the 19th century, the Ottoman Empire allied with the British Empire. And during the 20th century, Turkey uh, joined NATO and basically allied with the United States to um, to counter uh, the Russian threat. But there were also some intervals where we see um, some level of rapprochement um, occurred between the two states. For example, in the thir- 1830s, we see that the Ottoman Empire Requested from Russia to to help uh, the rebellion of Muhammad Ali Pasha, which who who was the governor of Egypt, but he uh, ended up rebelled, rebelling the Ottoman Empire. And when the Ottoman Empire couldn't really um, couldn't really get support from the, from the British or French empires, they 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 asked from from the Russian Empire to come. Uh, come, come, come for, come for rescue! It was only at that point that um, that that the British actually actually began to um, support the Ottoman Empire. Similarly, during the nineteen twenties, when both countries, the Soviet Union and uh, Turkish Republic, were 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 founded, they. Couldn't really um, find much ally in the in the West. So the so the Turkish Republic against the West actually because uh, during the war of, Turkish War of Independence, um, the Turkish Republic actually um, get got got quite some um, help from the, from the Soviet Union and also in nineteen seventies um, during during detente, the when there was a cooling off in relations between the Soviet Union and the United States, uh, Turkey basically felt that, well, we didn't have enough support. We didn't have enough um, economic, actually, mostly, uh, strategic support from our NATO allies. So so why not try some Soviet help? And actually, at some point, ter- Turkey, believe it or not, became the became a state that received, um, that received the most Soviet aid. Um,
0: so, yeah. Moving into the, uh, the 21st century, uh, you, you discussed just the significance of the U.S. invasion of Iraq. Uh, I was wondering if you talk about the different responses that the two countries had to this this event.
1: Yeah, I think we are moving on to the to our body chapters, which are. I mean, I actually uh, divided the last twenty years into three, um, and I detect, detected certain pivotal points. Um, and I imagined again. I mean, I I told you I imagined like two states responding to the um, to the to the to the environment, strategic environment around them, and then based on their response they adopt uh they adopt a certain foreign policy strategy and in that foreign policy strategy turkey and russia has a place right so the iraqi war was consequential it was the first i, I mean it was the pivotal event of the, of our first period basically even though the iraqi invasion occurred um or started in 2003 I think, um, I think the process could, um, I mean, I think we, we, can, we can start our discussion of this, uh, of this incident from 2001. 2001 was important because Putin was elected in 2000 and Erdogan was elected in 2002 um, and the Iraqi war occurred in 2003. And we see uh, from these countries similar responses. To the to the Iraqi war, I mean, both countries, both Turkey and Russia, supported the United States, um, you know, U- U.S.-led um, campaign against Taliban uh, in Afghanistan. Actually, Putin was one of the first world leaders to actually call Bush and offered his um, his great support. Um, Russia also opened his opened its um, opened its land for supply. To the to the to the alliance that was fighting Taliban, Turkey uh, as a NATO member sent uh, troops to the for 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 the for for, for the conflict there. Uh, uh, but the Iraqi war was different. Well, there was like much discussions uh, in Turkey. I actually remember that uh, about whether to support the U.S. Uh, U.S. U.S. invasion of Iraq or not. Well, on the one hand. Um, Well, some people argue, Erdogan included, uh, well, this is going to happen. I mean, U.S. is going to invade, so we should be in it uh, in order to control uh, what is going on in our neighbor. Um, We need to be there. And there were also other um, parties in in, in Turkey who basically said, well, we have nothing to do with it. We do not support this invasion, so we are not joining it. Well, the discussion was about the U.S. basically requested from Turkey to open its bases. Uh, there's a there's a there's a U.S. base in in Turkey's league, so um, so 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 the U.S. troops basically move um, a lot faster from from the from the north to Iraq, and the war would supposedly um, end quickly. That was the that was the military strategy of the United States, basically. But the Turkish Parliament rejected this bill. Mm, and Turkey didn't uh, allow the U.S. troops to use its territory, at least uh, for the first uh, instance. Russia, similarly, I mean, Russia saw um, in this invasion as an attempt to basically assert, mm-hmm. um, assert a, a global power of a, of, a, of a of a of a of a global hegemon. So that was something Russia actually didn't like. Well, even though Russia was no longer the Soviet Union, even though it was no longer a superpower, well, in their strategic culture, they actually wanted to be still uh, wanted to be treated as a as a great power. So they didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that well the us goes ahead and, and, and invades other countries without really um, do consultations. Uh, with other uh, great powers Well, fortunately Turkey and Russia were not the only ones who were not supporting the invasion French also, I mean the other countries there were other countries, actually I think um, British was a was an ardent supportant, so supporter of the invasion under Tony Blair but other countries, especially French and Germany didn't really um, support the US war efforts uh, in Iraq so so that was their response to basically uh, the international environment that uh, that emerged after after the U.S. Uh, invasion of Iraq. So they basically uh, said, "Well, if this if this is happening, but well, we are not um, we are not approving of this. We are not supporting this. So we need to basically, as independent countries, uh, we need to we need to." support each other, right? We need to uh, ally with our regional allies. We need to watch, say, for our security environment in our region. So the diminish of their trust towards the United States had a very, actually, very powerful, I mean, indirect, but powerful impact on Turkey-Russia relations. Well, as one uh, Turkish statesman basically said, well, Russia actually started to trust Turkey more because uh, the Russian leadership saw in Turkey over there as an, as an independent um, country by refusing um, or not bowing down uh, to the U.S. war efforts, right? And also similarly, Turkey, by not uh, approving the the invasion, so in Russia as a, as a as a as a strong partner that 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 Turkey could do business with. Well, also at that point, Turkey was actually uh, following the very multilateral foreign multilateral and independent foreign policy. Uh, there was a huge um, ambition and enthusiasm towards joining the EU. Um, Turkey was opening embassies everywhere. Uh, from Latin America to Africa, uh, everywhere, doing business like um, cutting trade deals, um, improving uh, trade ties, etc. etc. And at that point, uh, Russia was also uh, one of those countries. Turkey started to um, boost its um, or unveil the potential uh, in in Turkey-Russia relations, and, and and Russia basically reciprocated that. Turkey started to buy more Russian gas, uh, Russian tourists came to Turkey in large numbers, so so we see a general betterment of relations in, in every uh, dimension in Turkey-Russia relations. Well, there was one very important instance um in the in the in the black sea when the georgian war occurred when russia um attacked georgia in 2008 the united states wanted to send some ships um to the to 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 help georgia like uh, it was like humanitarian ships but turkey refused to uh refused passage for those ships so um, based on the Lausanne Agreement, which which, which regulated the uh, the straits, so Russia appreciated that. Also, um, there were some other pivotal moments too at that point, and also I mean Russia too. Um, so the Bush era um, U.S. aggression, if you will, um, had a very, I think, and I and I tried to show in my book, um, very positive impact on tokyo russia relations.
0: You mentioned that prior to the, the invasion, Putin and, and Erdogan both came to power, uh, respectively. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about the, what the relationship is like between these two, uh, either their similarities or dissimilarities, uh, and you know how these two figures, I, like, like you said, I, th- I think you, you 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 made a good point at the beginning that you know sometimes there's this problem with this. Uh, Kind of analysis you know analyzing just based on leadership uh but these two people have been in power for significantly yes long amount of time so i was wondering if you could just talk about more their 20 actually.
1: so these two are actually very different people uh believe it or not uh erdogan is a politician but putin uh is a statesman actually putin was a kgb agent he was stationed in germany um, and then after the Soviet Union collapsed, he came to the he came to the Russian Federation, worked in the St. Petersburg um, municipality. Um, and also, again, he made a jump to the to, to, to Moscow and, uh, and became the head of the KGB again um, and started working there. But Putin was involved with the state. Uh, Putin actually I mean, when he came to power, Putin's promise was to was to reestablish the power vertical. What what he what he what he called it? So he argued that there was a there was a there was an anarchy in Russia uh, because state was not powerful enough. When Erdogan came to power, he actually promised the exact opposite. When Erdogan came to power, military was very powerful in Turkey. So for at least 10 years, he made a series of, I mean, he passed a series of laws uh, in compliance with EU regulations and then some referendums just to, uh, just to increase the power of elected governments at the expense of the bureaucracy and the military. Putin was the exact opposite. When he came to power, intelligence, military, bureaucracy. So he wanted to actually empower them. So that's the most basic basic, basic difference between the, between the two. Um, and these reflexes actually remained, even though um, Erdogan changed a little bit because uh, being in power for so long, well, um, of course, I mean, you, um, you, you, you become the state right um i mean he's 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 the president right now and i don't think he has the same turkey to rule i mean before that in in, in early 2000s for example he had to he had a, he had a, he had a harder time in getting things done but now it's much easier for him i mean he says well um when he decides to do something of course i mean he consults with the with the, with, the, with the military bureaucracy, the foreign ministry, but, I mean, it's not the same uh, as before. There is a discussion, um, I know, uh, the discussion of populism. I mean, some people, um, there is there is this huge literature on populism, um, and people say, well, Erdogan is a populist and Putin is a populist. I don't believe Putin is a populist, and I don't actually uh, buy the debate um as a, as a as a whole i think it's informative in some ways but not helpful if you if you if you try to understand uh, the foreign relations of these two countries or even like domestic politics based on based on how they interact with their people of course i mean as leaders as as politicians their number one priority is to win elections right uh, and they, and they, and they are out to do that. Um, but beyond that, I actually do not see any similarity. I mean, if you, if, if you can pinpoint like, oh, did you think this is similar? I would maybe help, but I mean, uh, no, they're, they are like very different, uh, personas actually. Um, I think the only different, the only similarity they have or the, the I mean, the area they are most similar at is uh, well, they are in power and they are actually very powerful right now in their own countries, and they are ruling like powerful countries. Like Turkey is a uh, very important power in 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 Middle East, Caucasus, Black Sea, and and Eastern Europe, and Russia. Well, you see, uh, Russia's reach basically reaches everywhere in the world, uh, from Latin America to to the, to the Central Asia, or even like. Uh, other places today. Yeah. Maybe maybe one can say, well, I mean, they are similar in the sense that um, their foreign policies do not align with that of the United States. But that may also change. I mean, um, yeah.
0: Uh, That's that's interesting. Um, I I think you're also right that there is this, sometimes this attempt to shoehorn different politicians into this uh, kind of broad category of populism and it can be, um, you know, either oversimplistic, uh, I mean, especially now with what's going on. I think the discussion is
1: helpful. I think the populism discussion is helpful, but I mean, you can't explain everything with that. I mean, the foreign policy is a very different area and I think people need to be careful about that when, when they talk about foreign policy. I I read a lot of book actually about like populism. I took classes on it. I know what's going on with. Um, I actually had a friend who basically compared like Turkey and other Latin American countries, and actually found some similarities. But yeah. foreign policy is a very different area. Yeah,
0: you know, c- continuing on that, uh, you know, obviously another major. Uh, crisis still ongoing is the, is the war, uh, wars in Syria. Yeah, war in Syria.
1: Ah. It actually, I mean, war in Syria began in, well, uh, full-fledged, 2011, 2012, I think. Um, and that was a major event that needed to be responded by these two states. Um, at first, um, well, as I mentioned, I mean, uh, their responses to the to the to the US invasion of Iraq was similar but over here towards the Syrian civil war their responses were actually quite opposite the Russian federation supported the Syrian regime and Turkey supported the opposition and Turkey sought the help of uh, its allies in in in, in getting the job done in Syria basically I mean um, Turkey was one of the countries unfortunately which expected that um, the assad regime would fall just like the other regimes but it didn't and Turkey was one of the countries that suffered hugely as a result of that maybe maybe the one country that suffered most was yeah Syria obviously Iraq and then Turkey I mean, Turkey still hosts like close to three, four million refugees from Syria with all the social and security problems. Um, And Russia from the get-go supported the Syrian regime. Well, people may be surprised, but it wasn't always like that. Uh, Meaning Turkey didn't actually support the Syrian opposition wholeheartedly. When the events uh, started to occur in Syria... um, well, just before that, Turkey actually had very, very, very good relations with the Syrian regime. The the borders were opened. You know, people who come and go, visit each other. Um, mm-hmm. Turkey was actually um, coaching Syria, if you will, uh, to to make them to make them mm, kind of anchor themselves to the to the global liberal world order uh, economically. But then when the events started and, and when the Turkish officials saw the harsh response coming from the Syrian regime towards the opposition with all the killings, all the brutality, tortures, well, they are in shock and awe. Um, I mean, tried to basically convince uh, the Syrian regime to do something. It took months for them to, I mean, and, and a lot of visits from, from the Turkish officials to Syria to basically change their course. But when it didn't, Turkey joined joined other countries um that that began to I mean Turkey adopted a position, adopted a very stern position basically, um, with the opposition. So Turkey being with the opposition is quite different than say uh Lithuania or uh Nicaragua being it with the opposition because Turkey's Turkey shares Um, a very long border with Syria, 900 kilometers or 600 miles, whatever. Um, And there are, you know, families with like ties um, each side, just like the U.S. and Mexico. Um, So when Turkey did that, well, it was like all in. So Turkey needed to get some result. But as the war dragged on and as the supposed U.S. Um, supported Turkey or decisive US action in Syria as it, as, it, as it never occurred. The Syrian conflict dragged on, produced refugees, uh, supported um, militant um, non-state actors such as the PYD, ISIS, um, lots of branches or franchises of Al-Qaeda uh, popping up everywhere in Syria. And then, and then Iran got in, and it was at that point that um, there was a very important difference between Turkey and Russia basically emerged. Or I mean, that difference was there, but it wasn't that important. Maybe, I mean, when something op- occur, would you side with the legitimate opposition with legitimate demands, or would you side with legitimate states with actually? Uh, Mandate to rule the country—that's a very tough question. I mean, you choose high moral ground and side with the opposition, but you run the risk of um, feeding anarchy in any country, because state, any state, even if it's 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 a bad state, like like non-democratic. I mean, with all the reflexes and everything, with some like legitimate um, practices is you know still better than mayhem anarchy right um, but you you also have a hope in quick transition period just like it occurred in for example in tunisia or in some other countries in in northern africa but it didn't occur in syria because they it, they, they didn't have this uh, have this tra- tradition of um, of opposition or whatever um, so, yeah, these choices basically uh, determined the course of Turkey-Russia relations, especially after Russia intervened into Syria in 2015. Russia started to um, send soldiers
0: uh,
1: in support of Iran and and the Syrian regime. Uh, we also need to consider the fact that this process occurred uh, within the framework of Russia's annexation of Crimea, Russia's war with the Ukraine in in, in Eastern Ukraine, and, and all this. So Russia was actually changing course. So the the, the relations hit the rock bottom when uh, Turkey shut down a Russian plane in, in in November 24, 2015. I mean, there was this Russian jet hovering around the Turkish porous Turkish-Syrian uh, border and Turkey I mean even before that Turkey was actually protesting Russia's um, the, the the border infringements from, from the Russian uh, fighter jets and Turkey shot down the Russian fighter jets and faced huge uh, sanctions from Russia. Tourists didn't come. Um, there was talks about uh, cutting off the supply of gas from Russia, even though it didn't happen. Um, Turkey faced some limitations of its export to Russia. There was, um, you know, Turkish students could uh, go to Russia, like there was a visa-free travel to Russia. It was also uh, abolished. And it was at that point that Turkey continued to... um, Seek supports uh, from the Western allies, from from the NATO, uh, from the United States. Um, Turkey hoped or tried to achieve uh, their support against Russia, against Syrian regime, and um, with a with a with a maybe with with investment, um, military, economic investments. Turkey could. Um, Turkey basically hoped that it could do something still in Syria and against the Russian Federation. But it didn't happen. Because uh, even though Turkey was in a very tough spot, um, what is going on between Syria and Turkey and between Turkey and Russia wasn't all that important for the EU, wasn't all that important for the United States. It was at that point that Turkey realized that, well, You want to um, you want to achieve something for your security, for your uh, national security. Well, you gotta do it yourself. You gotta rely upon your uh, own own um, devices, on your own uh, military, whatever. So Turkey made peace with Russia, and at that point, the coup d'etat happened, which had a major impact on. Yeah, that was the, my next question <laughs> yeah on on on, on, on not on, on not just turkey's internal politics but also towards turkey's foreign policy well um when the coup d'etat happened or i mean it was a failed coup d'etat but it started off as a coup d'etat well the i mean if you look at the um if you look at the statements coming from all these countries for example from the united states the united states basically suggests that i mean the officials well, I mean, we are following the events when we we hope that it's going to, you know, somewhat resolve. Well, Turkey didn't really like that. I mean, the um, by Turkey, I mean the uh, the government, Erdogan and, and his entourage. Well, he thought, well, I mean, if the coup basically succeeded, well, they would just uh, be okay with it. And uh, the guy who masterminded the coup d'etat uh, with his cliques in the... In the, in the bureaucracy and military still resides in the United States, which is also a huge problem for Turkey uh, or for relations between Turkey and the United States.
0: I, by the way, actually, I remember I was following it pretty closely when it was going on in the news. And that was exactly my sense of it was that it almost felt like that, you know, the New York Times was like, rooting for for it to be successful <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, 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 yeah, I actually had a very uh, personal story about it when the coup cool, when the coup cool was happening I was getting married so it was a very long <laughs> night for <laughs> yeah. me so it was it was <laughs> the night before like... It was the day before my wedding ceremony, so 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 I got married, but yeah, I, you know cool. it wasn't the <laughs> best of marriages, you know so so yeah I, I, I also have my personal story about it yeah um, because yeah, I mean it was at that point that um, Turkey under Erdogan had certain um, clash of interests with the United States and with the EU. so it was no surprise that well, They didn't really um, root for Erdogan like wholeheartedly, but for Turkey it was like okay. I mean, there's a democratically elected leader over here, and you're not supporting uh, supporting our government, so it's not okay. So it had a huge impact on Turkey's foreign policy. Well, as I mentioned before, I mean, Turkey decided to actually rely upon its own uh, its own military, its own whatever. So this paved the way for increased um, cooperation with the Russian Federation, not just on economy, but also on uh, on critical strategic issues, such as Turkey's purchase of S-400 missile systems from Russia. Uh, Russia is currently building a nuclear reactor in Turkey. Um, and these are the developments that uh, Turkey's allies in NATO didn't really like. I mean, these are developments that they think, well, I mean, Turkey's are, uh, Turkey is following an approach now with Russian Federation, so it's not good. Russia is not our uh, friend, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But from Turkey's side, it's like, okay, we are doing it because you you let us down when we needed you. So, so it's like that. For for Russia, Turkey's attempt was very much welcome, actually. Um, And going back to our previous discussion about the historical background, I actually like to uh, like to compare this with 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 1830s when the Ottoman Empire called on Russia to help uh, deal with its rebellious governor Mehmed Ali Pasha, or when the when the Turkish Republic in the asked for. Uh, Soviet economic and and military support uh, during its 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 war of independence, or during nineteen seventies when Turkey had a had a had a very um, had some disagreements, if you will, with the United States and started to gain um, start to get more support or more developmental support, basically from from the Russian Federation, no, the Soviet Union at that point. Um, so I think we are still in that point. Um, but, I mean, before now, I mean, throughout history, during the 20th century, I mean, we we had a system, right? There is Russia over there, Turkey over here. Turkey is, well, I mean, if you compare two countries, Turkey is less powerful than Russia. And Russia actually, um, well, needs Turkey to, to, to reach um, to the, I mean, it's, it's a geographical reality that between Russia and the and, and the Mediterranean Sea there is Turkey. So Turkey, Russia needs to basically overcome Turkey to 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 project some economic or strategic influence to that area. So um, so I mean, there was mostly the case was uh, throughout history. There was someone, either it's Britain, uh, who wanted to protect the trade routes from India to, to Britain, or the United States who wanted to protect the supply routes, the oil uh, coming from the Middle East to, the, to, to Europe and, or, or, or beyond. There was someone who didn't want Russia to basically control this uh, place. But I'm not sure if this is going to happen anytime soon. So I think this multipolarity in in the in in the, in our contemporary world was established a little bit more strongly than before. So I think this is going to continue. Um, so the the difference between this this rapprochement between Turkey and Russia uh, that started well in mid two thousand and tens is. M- Maybe more uh, powerful, uh, maybe a more powerful dynamic than 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 how it was before. It's it's or its predecessors, such like. I mean, it's uh,
0: similar periods before. Is there uh, there anything else? Obviously, you know, there's the the Russian invasion of Ukraine. uh, It's ongoing. Um, Is there anything else that you know we haven't discussed? You think is important for. I think it's very yeah. important.
1: I think Turkey-Russia relations became more and more important with the with the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Well, first, thing, first and foremost, I think the invasion is. I mean, the the war is going to um, the war is going to last. I think we. I think it's not going to end anytime soon, and we need to be uh, prepared for that. Um, I mean, I, I listen to Russian officials or Ukrainian officials. They are in for a for a long haul. Okay, they are they are not looking to make peace anytime soon. Um, well, Turkey actually followed uh, um, followed the policy of what I call the pro-Ukrainian neutrality. Turkey is still supporting uh, Ukraine with uh, the famous Bayraktar drones, which became very popular uh, during this timeline um, turkey also obviously condemned the Russian invasion of Ukrainian territory um, Turkey supports Russia, Ukrainians, Ukraine's territorial integrity the Crimea is a, is a is a is an important topic for Turkey not just because it's 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 an inviolable uh, territory of Ukraine but also for the for the but also because it's the it's the historical homeland of the Crimean Tatar population. Okay. Um, they are related to Turkey, related to the Turkish people. So Turkey is also supporting them um, somewhat, um, but also Turkey tries to, I mean, stay neutral. I mean, Turkey didn't join the economic sanctions against against Russia. Didn't really, I mean, maintained contacts with the with the Russian Federation still purchasing gas from Russia and um, and also Turkey is actively um, seeking to basically you know mediate or facilitate peace negotiations between the two countries so this is a very um, so so Turkey's position has like multiple consequences over here it may be um, may be helpful uh, for the for the ultimate peace, because Turkey provided a, a space, a, 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 a place for them to, for them to, for them to sit down and negotiate. I mean, multiple times there's multiple times officials from Russian Federation and Ukraine came together in in Turkey. The grain deal is 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 basically. Um, I think you can count this as as Turkey's success i mean um just because of that i mean uh, it's not just important for russia and ukraine it's important for for global um wheat prices and 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 also i mean indirectly they are helping uh, the poor in africa and other countries right um People are asking this question, well, I mean, why didn't Turkey join the sanctions against uh, the Russian Federation? Well, the Turkish officials basically say, because we don't have to. I mean, you don't join the sanctions if you don't have to EU I mean, put sanctions on Russia because because EU um, I mean, the EU members are are members of the EU. I mean, they they have to do that, and they are in this together. Uh, but not just Turkey. I mean, when I, when I look at the map uh, most countries in the global South didn't actually join the sanctions I mean Turkey India Pakistan Egypt uh, many other countries UAE uh, all the countries in the in the Middle East in in Central Asia well they are worried basically because you have over there an aggressor um, everyone basically recognizes that everyone basically recognizes what Russia is doing I mean no one, except for maybe Belarus or some other countries say, well, Russia is right in doing so. But I mean, Russia is also a powerful country. I mean, um, Russia is selling its natural gas and whatever to to all these countries. They don't have, well, I mean, it might be a little bit more easier for for Canada to say, well, we are not buying natural gas from Russia, Uh, but it's much harder for Turkey, which still relies upon Russian natural gas, but I need to also say that, well, Turkish Turkish reliance upon the Russian natural gas also quite diminished, especially for the past well, five, six years, I guess, Turkey is buying LNG from the United States in large numbers. So what's going to happen between Turkey and Russia? Uh, I think it's a good question to ask. I mean, I didn't want to speculate in my book. Uh, because there's an ongoing war and, and anything might happen in the near future. But I think the two countries have every reason to maintain good relations. It's not as before. I mean they are I think there is like certain level of um, certain level of I mean mutual dependence in relations. I mean, Russia sees in Turkey a, a country which is independently um, becoming uh, influencing the region. And Turkey sees in Russia as, as, as a natural gas provider, um, a country which has like real influence in Syria. Well, the Turkish officials basically, I think, is right to think that, well, we tried the same thing with, with, with the United States for so long in Syria. But we failed to do so. But with Russia and Iran, it was much easier, even though we were not on the same page on on any issue. <laughs> so, so I think this is going to continue. And then and there are also other things. I mean, the, the Russian Federation made a huge investment. I think twenty billion dollar investment on the on the on the, on the, on the nuclear reactor in Turkey. And well, I mean, Turkey wants this nuclear reactor to diminishes its uh, reliance on energy towards other countries.
0: Um, I'm wondering, you know, with this book, uh, if there's anything else that you're working on now, uh, you know, obviously you just finished this, but, uh, or you just finally got this published. Um, I think this was adapted from your your dissertation. Uh, But yeah, is there anything new that you're working on?
1: Well, this is a very, I mean, first of all, I'm following what's going on. And I try to uh, contribute to, um, to, you know, news portals, or you know, sometimes write op-eds about uh, about Turkish-Russian relations. This is, you know, some you know think tank stuff, whatever. But I also, um, I mean, for example, um, I, I I just wrote an article basically about, I mean you watch breaking bad right i mean there and there was this spin off of breaking bad yeah. like and and and, then they, and and then they and then they focus on this 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 lawyer and i think i'm doing that right now i mean there are like so many um, pieces of um pieces of topics that i that i focused on while i wrote wrote this book and yeah i just uh, picked them up and expand upon it for example one thing i just did and I think it's going to be published. Uh, I mean, it they, they should be published in a week or so from from the International Journal of Canada. Um, I just wrote about the the what history can teach us uh, about the Turkish-Russian relations today. And I just did what I told you throughout our uh, our talk here. Well, I mean, before that, during the nineteen uh, during. 1830s, this happened, and 1920s, Turkey had another Rapprochement, and 1970s, another Rapprochement occurred. So, what are the similarities and differences, and 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 what is the what are the, um, for example, um, what can we learn from them, uh, moving forward? For example, that was one of the things that I did. Um, I think I will. uh, I mean, I'm working on another articles about article about Astana process which is this um this this mechanism between Turkey, Russia and Iran uh, where they discuss and decide on certain things on Syria. I think it's a challenge to the to the US led liberal world order and I think they are pursuing a status which is which is beyond uh beyond what they are beyond what they actually um get from the from from the west um turkey is becoming like a power with a regional reach and russia is becoming a uh, russia wants to become a uh great power or remain a great, great power whatever uh, i think it's it's a very important um mechanism to focus on basically
0: um
1: yeah uh, that's about it actually um, I think moving forward, I think I will find like a couple of more more uh, issues that I al- already worked on in this book, and 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 try to expand upon it. Mm, maybe I will write another article when the time comes about um, wow. Turkey's um, relations with the with the Russian Federation um, over Ukraine, and and that might be an idea. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Wonderful. Well, Mohammed, thank you so much for being a guest on the New Books Network. No, it was great. Thanks, to talk, thanks for
1: having um, me again. Uh, it was an honor course. for me to contribute, basically. I'm a huge fan, I, and I will remain so.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I know. It's always great to hear that. I mean, I yeah, before I started working for the New Books Network, I was a fan for, for a number of years. Um, a friend showed it to me when I was an undergrad, uh, and I, you know, Listen to it all the time. Still do. Um, yeah, it's
1: still a st- still a motivation to 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 go and do some workout for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, I that, yeah. to new book networks when 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 I do some workout.
0: Probably <laughs> <That's laughs> don't not. I should do that more. I definitely don't. <laughs> I'll listen <laughs> to it while I'm lying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> great. Still great. All right. Uh, wonderful.